Hi and welcome to Be More Super, the podcast. I'm Brian, your host, and as always, we've got a great guest for you. So if you're a fan of Firefly and Serenity, you're in for a treat. Because this week's guest is a wonderful, talented, dual state that played Kaylee, the mechanic, on the absolutely outstanding show Firefly. So sit back, relax and enjoy the interview. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by the wonderful people at Prop Store of London. So check out their wonderful website, propstore.com. So let's escape for a while and enjoy. And remember, please share, like and subscribe with all your friends. So here we go with our interview with the wonderful Jewel State. Welcome to Be More Super, the podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe. Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. So on this week's Be More Super, the podcast, we've got a real treat for any fans of Firefly and Serenity. Uh, we've got the wonderful Kaylee, the mechanic, the very talented, of course, Jewel State. Jewel, thank you so much for being on the show and welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. It's 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 a pleasure. Um, so how is lockdown and everything? Because it's becoming a trend now where we're asking guests, how how is everything? your end it's all right um it's i feel like it's been forever the first month was a little bit harder my son is four and a half and he uh was obviously let out of school so it was just us three in the house and he was very confused and bored and yeah you know first month was an adjustment and now I feel like it's we're in a groove and feeling positive and things are slowly starting to open up here as well which is helpful we have um all the playgrounds opened up in the neighborhood so we can actually do things <laughs> with our son as opposed to you know me being his I call it his uh you know private circus clown yeah. where I'm just meant to entertain him all day which is exhausting um, it is because yeah. uh, it's bad. I, I suppose it's bad enough being uh, just a single person in the times that we're in now with lockdown. But I've got two little girls myself: one's six and one's yeah. two. Um, oh, so you get it? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So they haven't been to school <laughs> for about three three months, and um, it's taken quite a, a big psychological sort of uh, curveball to them because they can't socialize. Um, Zoom and and other soft software like that has come into play in in the way of communicating uh, but it's yeah. so so hard keeping them entertained uh we've had yeah. play-doh all over the house i've stood on mm -hmm. so many lego um but fingers crossed this whole lockdown um when it lifts is going to be a reset button on humanity yeah. uh, we're going yeah. to um care and not take advantage of things as we were doing before um mm -hmm. but then you know the the, the the world is getting crazier um, with all the yeah. pro protests, and rightly so. You know, we should have a voice, and we should be able to say what we want and what we care about. Um, mm -hmm. I just, I just wish all this madness would stop. <laughs> I know it, it, it's gotten to the point where I'm afraid to read the news every morning, but I can't help myself. Yeah. So I'm, I'm opening it reluctantly, and I know that it's going to shift my mood, but. 
<laughs> at the same time, you know, it's like this weird balance where you want to be kept informed, but you also want to preserve your own mental health. <laughs> you don't, know? And, and, and don't you think it would be great to have a news channel that's just dedicated to good news? Yes. Well, there's this Instagram account that I found. I think it's called Thanks Good News. Right. And it's awesome. It's just that. Excellent. All it is news from the world so if you ever need a detox that and dog videos i find are just super helpful <laughs> so let's yeah. re so let's rewind uh back to your your upbringing uh you were born in white rock what yes an, which is 20 minutes away from where i live right now what an amazing place white rock is it such a cool <laughs> place i mean it sounds like a cool place it's beautiful it's this little beach town um full of uh we say newlyweds and nearly deads um and uh there's one little boardwalk and lots of little restaurants and stuff so we sometimes go there now even just because it's a cute uh, oh. little place to go for dinner and sit on a patio um but i was in i was born in white rock and we were there i think for a month and then we moved to hawaii uh because my grandparents managed a really tiny inn in west maui and um they needed help running the inn and my dad was a maintenance man, so we went over there and he did all, all their maintenance and my mom took care of me and we ended up staying for four mm -hmm. years. So time just kind of, I guess, flew by for my parents and I don't think they wanted to go home, but we ended up leaving when I was about five so I could start school in Canada. <laughs> and then, I mean, to say that you've been in the in industry for over 25 years is is just yeah. amazing. And yeah. you was apparently... Sorry, 30 now. Over 30, over, over 30, 30, yeah. 30 years. Because you, you, you was discovered... I started at... when I was five, yeah, and I'm 38 now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 38. So, so, so how was you discovered at five? I mean, were you just approached? I mean... I mean, now, now, yeah, nowadays, if someone approached my my my, my little girl, um, it, you would stand off and think, "Wait a second. <laughs> but uh, right. I mean, how 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 did it happen for you? Uh, I was in a shopping mall with my mom, and I guess they were having some sort of open casting call for a commercial. Yeah. So they asked my mom if I would be interested in doing the commercial and auditioning, and and I said no. And my mom said, well, you know, if you do something like this, you earn money, it's work, and then you can buy yourself all the clothes you want. And I said, okay. <laughs> very quick yes from me. And then it just kind of took off. It was just sort of this thing that kept happening. Yeah. And I just kept making work. And, and um, yeah, so we just kept up with it because I enjoyed it and, and I've always loved it. And, yeah, so in this weird way, it, it kind of found me. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm being a child actor. Did you um, were you aware of any pressures uh, on your shoulders as as a child actor? I'm not sure I was. I I think when I got to the Disney Channel days, I think I was about 14 when I started working for the Disney Channel. It it became more apparent that there was this pressure to be um, a role model, I guess, to yeah. other kids. Uh, and, and that was new to me, but I was a good kid. So it wasn't that big of an issue for me to keep up with that. Um, but it was always instilled in me that it was a job. Yeah. Um, it was an unusual job, but it didn't make me more special than anyone else. Um, my, my parents were very quick to bring me 
down to earth if, you know, ever <laughs> I, I got the misconception that I was super special because I was in front of the camera instead of behind the camera. Um, so yeah, it just, it's always just felt like, like a job. It's a fun job and a crazy job sometimes, but yeah, it's, it's just my weird job. And now you've got a beautiful family. Uh, you've got Charlie, your hus- husband and, and, and yeah. is it Wilder? Your, Wilder. That, that is such <laughs> a lovely Wilder. name. And, uh, it suits you, him. I don't know what I was. <laughs> um, you know, looking back to when you was a child actor, um, you know, would you like Wilder to follow in your footsteps, or would you prefer him not to? I I think I have um, uh, this um, real need for him to have a normal life. You always want to give your children what you feel you didn't get, right? Yeah. Isn't that a thing? So I had this strange childhood where I would do some regular school hours at school with school friends, and then I would have to stop everything and, and get on a plane and go and do a job. And uh, in a lot of ways, it made the other kids look at me funny. And um, when I would get back to school, I would have missed so much socially that I felt a little bit like an outcast. Um, And, and uh, I remember I was enrolled in summer camp and I was excited about going to summer camp. Um, And I booked a job and my mom had to come and pick me up from summer camp and take me home to do the job. And it's not that I was devastated about it. I actually ended up hating summer camp. Um, (laughs) I'm not a camper. It turns out. Uh, But, but just things like that, where work came first uh, was kind of an odd way to grow up. And once in a while I would resent it and say, I want to go to that birthday party. I want to go to the school dance. I don't want to be the only one that wasn't there. Um, and I think for my son, I just want him to be able to be a kid and not have the responsibility of work on his shoulders as a child. I, I really want that for him. Having said all of that, he's, a little star performer. I mean, he makes me listen to him sing the soundtrack from Frozen every morning. That's how my 7 a.m. starts. Um, and yeah. it's in him, which is terrifying, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, to see to see it in your child. No matter what you do, they are who they are, right? So you yeah. kind of have to nurture what comes naturally to them, too. So I don't know. He obviously is four and a half and hasn't said anything about wanting he says he wants to be famous which is also disturbing um uh but you know someone asked me for an autograph and he said why did you do that mama why do they want that and I said I because of the tv show I did he said does that mean you're famous I said I don't know it depends on who you ask and he goes well I want to be famous I'm like great (laughs) great Uh, how about a doctor no (laughs) airline pilot um but uh yeah so I I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what he gravitates towards naturally. It's going to be interesting to see, but I, I have this sneaking suspicion that he's going to want to be in the, the business. <laughs> so it's going to be up to me to, you know, balance that for him. And, and and what piece of advice would you give him in later years if he decided to be in the business? Um, I think it's most important to work on your self-esteem <laughs> if you're going to be in this business and to have a healthy sense of self 
and to keep that up as much as possible because the whole gig is rejection. Yeah. You have to be willing to take rejection and not let it get to you. It's, it's natural to feel sad when you don't book the job. It's natural to feel frustrated when you aren't booking enough work and it happens to every single actor. So I think it takes a special kind of person to be able to take that abuse <laughs> um, and, and, and still want to do it. I mean, your passion has to be so big for it that you you simply can't imagine doing anything else. And how do but you um, deal with rejection? So you go for an audition, you've got your sides and you do yeah. the, 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 the audition. Do you just walk away and forget about it and then just wait for that phone call if it happens? Or do you you know, wait for that phone call, hoping. Yeah, it depends on the gig. Honestly, it really depends on the gig. There's been lots of auditions I've had where I really couldn't care less if I booked the job and I just sort of use the audition as a fun exercise. I don't go to class, so for me, auditions are class. Yeah. And it's a fun way to kind of work out your muscles, so to speak, and go in and do whatever you want and take some risks, and that can be pretty exhilarating. So I use most of them for that and that alone. But every once in a while, a script will come along and I'll go, oh, no, I, I'm starting to care. <laughs> and then, you know, you can't help but but be on pins and needles after the, the fact and wait for the phone to ring because you just, I don't know, every once in a while, you just feel like it's yours. I'm so right for this. How dare they hire someone else? That sort of thing happens, you know. But you're obviously really very good at auditions because – over the years, you've been in absolutely everything. Um, you know, you've guested. Sorry, I've had some good streaks. <laughs> you have no, no, and it's continuing. Um, you know, you've been obviously in Firefly that we'll talk about in a moment. Serenity, Stargate, Atlantis. Uh, you've mm-hmm. even had a guest role on Supernatural as mm-hmm. as Amy Pond. Um, mm-hmm. So let's so let's talk about Firefly. Okay, mm-hmm. this is just an amazing show that's lasted the last 18 years and it's bizarre because um i was watching a video and you was talking about when firefly uh was coming out and they were promoting another show called fast lanes which which do you know what i've never heard of it so obviously it can't be that good (laughs) they don't have fast lane conventions i'll tell you that they do not but i tell you what they they have firefly conventions and Firefly have got so many followers, so many fans, good old brown coats. I mean, let's talk about your role, Kaylee the Mechanic. Um, how did you get the role on Firefly? I auditioned. I put myself on tape. I was living in Vancouver, um, and Joss had seen me in something, or there was some sort of thing where they wanted to hire me for a guest spot on Angel or something. Buffy even maybe, but I couldn't do it. I was Canadian. I didn't have the proper visa or whatever it was. And it went away, but I guess he remembered me or something. So, um, this request came in to put myself on tape for the role. I, I read the breakdown of all the characters. We did not get a script. Um, I got four pages of sides, right? two scenes. That's it. Kaylee scenes. Um, and I said, I want, I, I, I thought the river character would be a little bit more fun. Yeah. Being an actor, you know, I'd, I'd like to play uh, crazy people. 
Um, it's just more fun, honestly. So I thought, oh, but this one looks juicy. And I said, no, 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 they're they're very um, adamant that it's Kaylee that you read for. So I read for it, sent it, thought nothing of it. A few weeks later, I get this call out of the blue asking to get on a plane and go down to L.A. to test for the network. And Joss wanted to meet me first uh, beforehand. So I got on a plane and I went to meet Joss and he worked with me on the scenes for a little bit and seemed very um, positive in, in that the role might be mine, but I wasn't sure. So when I got to the test, there were a couple of other girls there auditioning. Um, Alan Tudyk was also at my test. Adam Baldwin was in the waiting room. So we were all kind of looking at each other going, hmm, I wonder who's going to get these parts. Um, and, uh, yeah, I read and walked out and I think an hour later my phone rang and they told me that I had the job. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and when you Life had, changed. It, it certainly did. Yeah. And, and when you got the script for the very first time and you read through it, what was your first impression of the show? Um, I, I thought it was, it was, the concept was amazing. The dialogue was interesting, right? Because on paper it, it, it doesn't resonate like it does when you hear it out loud. Mm. Um, it's really smartly written, though, because when you do hear actors say those kinds of lines out loud, they sound very um, uh, lyrical. It's almost like a song, the way that Joss writes the rhythm of his words and sentences. And um, so when we had our first read through and we heard it all out loud, it was just this very strange, surreal um magical kind of feeling where we knew that we were sitting on something uh special and unique and it felt that way the whole time it still feels that way uh it's lightning in a bottle and uh to make matters even more interesting we were the underdog from the very beginning the network wasn't sure we almost didn't get picked up at all um and the entire time we aired we had um, all kinds of things going on with, uh, preempted episodes for baseball games and, you know, time slot switches and people didn't know how to find us on TV. And, you know, it was, it was just the kiss of death from the beginning. And we kind of had a feeling it would be short lived. Um, but we also knew that it was, it was, uh, unusual and special and, hoped that somebody was watching it out there and it turns out that lots of people were lots of people and can you remember the first scene that you had to film i think the first scene was i think it was in the cargo bay and i think it was um with pretty much everybody except Anara wasn't in the scene and the reason why i know that is because Anara was the last character cast yeah um, there was another actress playing Inara, uh, and we, we filmed a couple of scenes with her and then Joss just felt that it wasn't the right fit. Um, and he, uh, found Morena and hired Morena and she walked onto set and we refilmed those scenes. And then it felt like a cohesive, perfect, beautiful family. Um, but I'm pretty sure those first few scenes we were doing were in the cargo bay. Yeah. Yeah. With with your character of Kaylee, did you have any input yourself in how you wanted Kaylee to come across? No, no. Joss is super specific about what he <laughs> wants. He really is. And it's helpful as an actor to have somebody say, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Um, and uh, 
will do take after take until he feels like it's right. Um, but yeah, I was a 19 year old kid and, um, just having the time of my life. So I, I just did what felt instinctually right and went with that. Yeah. What was yeah. it like as a director? Because I know that uh, recently it's came to light that Brandon Routh was saying that uh, Brian Singer uh, can be quite demanding on set and he didn't enjoy yeah. it as people thought, uh, you uh-huh. know, he would have enjoyed being Superman. Um, what was Josh like on set as, as a director to you actors? Um, well, besides being very specific, he was incredibly well organized um, to the point where he could almost relax. He had it mapped out so well that he was able to goof around with us between takes and between setups. And it didn't really feel like director producers are over here and the actors are over here, which it sometimes feels like he was very interactive with all of us. And he loves to laugh. He's got a great sense of humor. So um, the silliness was encouraged <laughs> on set. It was really nice. But he also pushes you. You know, I, he, he taught me a flipping lot in the small amount of time that uh, I worked with him. Because I was young and still testing my own instincts and, and working on my self-esteem and trying to figure out who I was and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, he was the one that said, I feel like you're holding back. Like, give me a little bit more here in this scene. And I'd say, oh, really? And he would go, yeah. Why do you think I wouldn't want that? Yeah. And I said, I don't know. And he said, just give me all you got, man. Give me all you got. I said, okay. So he kind of taught me to go for broke in a way that um, I guess I wasn't given permission to do before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your your character, I've got to say, it's always looking on the bright side of things. And I remember in one of the episodes, um, you had a chance to uh, shoot someone, but you didn't. And, uh, you know, River took over, took the gun and did her business. And I've got to say, I'm glad that you didn't shoot anyone. I think that would have taken so much away from your character. Um, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, your your character is definitely the ha- uh, glasses half full, which is nice. Uh, I mean, I mean, what's your fondest memory of playing Kaylee? Um. I, I thought she was really funny, you know, I, I, I got some really good comedic beats in, in the show and in the movie. And I was so happy and so giddy to be able to, um, be the comedic relief. That was, those scenes were the most fun for me. And I, and I love that she has a rich single character on the ship. Um, even Jane, they have this funny little brother sister relationship going on. Yeah. Uh, there are so many moments that are, are, uh, that have no dialogue, but show this weird affection between the two of them. Yeah. Um, and I think she's the only one, you know, that he has that affection, uh, for, um, but yeah, just the, the tenderness she brought out in Mal. I love that. Um, she just had a way of, of, uh, having people drop their guard on that ship and and i loved those moments the most and on the show you play the mechanic but in real life how good are you at fixing things useless completely and utterly (laughs) useless i'm so proud of myself when i put something together on my own you have no idea i built this bookshelf this bookshelf for my son's crafts and because they were everywhere 
and it took me forever. And like one of the panels was on backwards, but I didn't care because I did it myself. I didn't ask for help. I scratched up the floor doing it. I don't know how I did that, but it's done. <laughs> and it was like a big thing. My husband was like, good for you. I'm like, yeah, I'm so great about that. Oh, so this, the show ended um, with, you know, no closure. I've got to say, you yeah. know, we ended on episode 14 and I think the whole world were like, wait a second. Uh, and mm -hmm. the great news were, you know, a few years later, we get the gift of serenity. I, I mean, how did how did that come about? Was that fr through the fans? Was it always Josh's, you know, intention to get serenity on the screen? I, I think the fans had a heck of a lot to do with it. They were so mad when we got cancelled and so vocal about it and just wouldn't let it go you know yeah um and i think uh the the studio that ended up producing the movie universal took took notice of that and and knew that they had uh something something special that they could do with it um and joss never wanted to let it go and always said i'm gonna find a home for us i'm gonna find a home for us and we all went yeah 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 sure um and uh, I remember when we wrapped the show, Alan uh, took the button, you know, the button from the episode out of gas and the bridge. Um, and he gives it to Mal and he says, just press this button and both of our shuttles will come back and help you. Yeah. Um, and uh, he gave the button to Joss and said, press this button and we'll all come back if you find a home for us. Um, and he did. He, I know. It's too much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Trust me. Um, there's a reason why we all cry in our Q and A's when we do conventions together. Uh, but, um, we're a sentimental bunch. He, uh, he did, he wrote this amazing script and, and got the green light and we were all like calling each other going, is this for real? Is this really happening? And I think everyone was afraid to believe it until we were actually there on the lot doing our read through for, for the movie. And it was a total joy to shoot because no one was worried about losing their jobs we all knew when the wrap date was coming. It was this beautiful moment of redemption. We had this great big budget and knew it was going to look fantastic. And it was just the the perfect um, end note for us anyway. Yeah. And, and what a wonderful movie. I mean, we get to see the Reavers a lot more. Yeah, we get yeah. to see the Reavers. Uh, there's ups and downs. You you finally get with, with Dr. Simon yeah. Sam. Yeah. Yay. But then sadly we lose Wash. And yeah. that it was and just book. a shocker. It really, really is. Um, yeah. So do you think we'll ever see Serenity fly again? I bet you get I asked that all the time. I get asked that all the time. I do. I do. <laughs> if I had a nickel, I'd produce it myself, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, stranger things have happened in this business. I feel like everything's getting rebooted. So nothing would surprise me at this point. I, I know there are... Uh, new people at Fox saying, you know, we loved it. We'd love to do it again, but who knows? And would it be with us? I don't know. Would it be with a totally new cast? Can you imagine would we if they did a new cast? It would be uproar. I think there'll be petitions. Um, you know, they can't do with a new cast, surely, because the amount of no. fans that Firefly have got now. That would feel very weird if that were to happen. I, I don't know. I, I shudder to think what... Um, I just can picture Nathan Fillion going down to the studio and losing his picketing himself. You know, I'd be right there with him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. 
know though. I mean, it's this business is so crazy. Who knows? Who knows? It's always an open door, isn't it? I mean, if yeah. we, I mean, uh, the uh, release the Snyder cut of Justice League, we can always get a campaign going because look what happened there. You know, uh, yeah. the fans uh, shown their support, and now they're redoing it, which I'm sure that it's going to be an absolute ama- amazing film. Josh did a great job, but obviously yeah. ev- everyone was behind Snyder, so we'll see how it turns out. So let's yeah. uh, talking about fans. Let's do some fan questions. Um, oh, are there fan questions? Uh, yeah. And before I go over okay. on the fan questions, I just wanted to speak to you about social media because, you know, you're talking about being famous and, and your son saying he wants to be fam- yeah. famous. There's always ups and downs to being mm-hmm. famous. You know, you get mm-hmm. these lovely fans and then, you know, I'm sure that you get the unusual ones. I'm being oh, polite yeah. at how I'm saying it, the unusual mm-hmm. ones. How do you deal with social media being in the light limelight, having to deal with the positive and, you know, the slight neg- negative um, input on your social media accounts? Well, I just think it comes with the job, you know, and and the other thing that comes with the job, if you're going to be active on social media, I feel anyway, is that you have to use your voice to spread awareness for issues that really matter. Um, and if I'm going to do that, I have to be willing to take the flack for it too, from yeah. people that with me or people who feel like fighting you know there's all kinds of people that just love fighting on the internet um and i i just try and weed it out honestly i i just try and keep it clean and get rid of those comments and you know block the the truly terrible people and and move on i i don't know i'm i think i've just gotten um uh i have a thicker skin about it now than i used to has your approach Uh, to social media changed now you've got a family because i know um, mm. going back quite a few years um i was working as a store manager for build a beer workshop uh, believe it or not and um we had uh, jude law come Mm -hmm. into the shop and he asked for the shop to be closed so there's no paparazzi taking pictures of his kids so we 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 respected that but you're quite open with your yeah. family, with with your pictures. Um, mm-hmm. Has your approach changed now? Now you've got a family. Um, I don't think it has changed. I've always been an open book. I I want people to be able to get to know the real me, um, and that means uh, you know something other than the glamour pictures and photo shoots and the the setup stuff that you see I yeah. want them to uh know my real life and I think part of the reason why I want them to to know me is because I don't want them to feel alone in their own struggles with parenting and with life and you know I I, I feel like it's everyone has their own choice but I, I feel like I want to be able to use my voice to connect a little bit more with people out there and and just to make everybody feel a little less alone. Which is fantastic because we do unfortunately get stars out there that use their voice for completely the wrong reasons. Right. Um, a, a very one opinionated and um, I'm not going to name, name names because uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get any phone calls. But uh, it, it's it's really refreshing to hear that obviously your stance on it is to bring a bit of sunlight to this uh, stormy uh, weather weather, weather at the moment. I, I try. Yeah. And, and I love to laugh. 
I mean, my, the, the accounts that I follow on social media for the most part are Canadians and stupid meme accounts on Instagram and whatever, cause I love to laugh. So I, the beauty of social media is you can curate it to be whatever you want it to be. You can follow the types of people that you, that make you feel good. Um, I don't think you should be following anybody that doesn't make you feel good. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, so I, I yeah, I, I, I also want to make people laugh. And, and, uh, I think in this climate, um, that's really important right now to just sort of, uh, be able to take a bit of a break. Yep. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's, so let's really, make right? some, uh, fans very, very happy now. Okay. Uh, so I will do my best to, um, read out their Instagram sort of handles, their names. Okay. So we've got okay. new West boy 66, um, okay. he's asked now, oh, this is very official. Now that Mrs. State, uh, lives Oops. in Canada and COVID has closed down almost all comic cons. Does she mm. have an address where fans <laughs> can send or request an autograph picture? I don't, I don't have any of that going on. I don't think I ever really have. Um, just because I have been on the convention circuit so much that we just never really had any need for it. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping soon we can get back on the circuit again, yeah. resume, yeah. resume uh, being able to travel and meet people. I just, who knows when that's going to be. It's such a But you're time. doing a virtual Comic Con tomorrow. Yeah, So yeah. this <laughs> won't unfortunately be out in time, but that's, that's, that's with Creation okay. Entertainment. Yes. Have you got any plans yep. in the future to do any more virtual Comic Cons? Because that could be an opportunity for people to get autographs. Totally, totally. And, I, and I've heard that, that some companies are going to be uh, willing to offer that. So we would be able to sign autographs and send them to the recipient. Um, I hope so. I think it's such a new idea and a new market for the virtual conventions that everyone is just sort of testing the waters right now, yeah. but I'm willing. It's actually, I'm, I'm once, um, we just got the go ahead. So we're, I'm going to be going back to work soon on my show here in Vancouver. And when I'm working on that show, I'm Monday to Friday, 14 hours a day. So I'm unable to travel on the weekends basically. So if, if the virtual conventions get going, it'd be a really great, great way for me to stay in touch even when I'm working, um, by doing the conventions from home if I can. Right. Yeah. No. So, so yeah. there you go. New boy, no, new West boy, 66. Um, <laughs> future virtual comic cons uh is in the works so we've yes. got david 93 what do you miss most about being on stargate atlantis and would you ever reprise your role if the show ever came back oh i totally would first of all totally completely uh i miss um i miss a lot about that show i miss the people and that's the cast and the crew when you're working on a show for that long you get to know each other so well and Everybody just feels like a family. So it's really devastating when it all ends. Um, that was one of the best gigs I've ever had. It yeah. was very easy uh, in terms of the hours and uh, it shot at home. So I got to sleep in my own bed every night. I mean, it was just a total thing of beauty. So uh, ever since Stargate, I've really been wanting something like that again um, in my own city. And it's been hard to find. And only recently have I found it. So um yeah, there's a lot I miss about that show. And it's funny because the cast of Stargate, uh, most of them don't live here in Vancouver. Um, and the Firefly guys are all over the place too. So these conventions are, are a great way for us to see each other. Yeah. Otherwise we don't, you know? <laughs> so we did a Stargate convention um, 
not too long ago in uh, Australia and um, and in New Zealand as well. And so to be able to do that and, you know, travel around with these guys and, and see them in different parts of the world and explore different cities in the world is so much fun. And I, I miss that. That's one of the, the things I miss the most about doing the cons is, is seeing my fellow castmates. And the, yeah. ne- the next question from Eric M. Frazier. Um, what role do you get recognized uh, for the most? Uh, Kaylee. Yeah. 100%. And would yes. you and, and would you reprise the role of Kaylee if Oh they, yes. Yes, good. Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I would scream very loudly if someone else uh got to play that role and it was not me if they ever did a reboot. I would be very very vocal about that. If you follow me on social media, I'm sure you're not surprised to me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so so the next question uh got me a bit confused. Um I don't know if you know this person, uh Jeff Nimoy. Nimoy? Oh, I know Jeff. Yeah. So yes. he um he asked well, he said, Do you know that Jeff Nimoy, so speaking about himself, is writing a role for you in Famish Two? And Famish Two, I thought he was talking about the sequel to Fame. And I was like, Yes, that would be cool. But he's made a film called Famish, uh, yes. which is about a voice actor uh on okay. the on the convention scene. And apparently yeah. he's 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 writing a part for you. Well, you know where to find me, Jeff. <laughs> you know where to find me, honey. How good is that for someone to be writing roles for you, eh? That must be really <laughs> nice. Be really nice, yes. <laughs> Pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. And then from Beans Holmes, um, what's your funniest off-screen moment? Off-screen moment? Yeah. Like just in any of the shows that I've done? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I know, that's a bit broad, isn't it? It's pretty broad because there's been a lot. I mean, people with Firefly in particular, I think because it got canceled so prematurely, I get a lot of um, uh, a lot of people that are really sad about it. And they sort of approach me in this kind of sad, melancholy kind of way talking about the show. Um, But we don't feel like that only because. I feel like we got to know each other the most and had all of our best times together after the show because it, it, it got so popular with the fans and then we started traveling all over the place to do the show. Um, so I've traveled the world with those guys and we've had a lot of laughs um, and uh, gotten into a lot of trouble <laughs> um, all over the place. <laughs> I've had all-nighters in Ireland and, God, barely made flights home. That kind of thing happens uh, relatively often, I'll say. Um, so, yeah, I, I I I think those are my favorite off-screen moments, if you want to call them that. Yeah. Sean Marr and I came uh, really close and got smart a few years ago and decided to share our convention schedules with each other. So whenever I book one, I tell him and he books one and he tells me and we just try and get to each other's conventions um, so we can do them together and then see each other. So we've got to have all of these crazy weekends together recently. Last year, I think we had like six or seven weekends away. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. And our, you know, our spouses are like, where are you guys going now? Like, what are you doing? And we're like, San Francisco. Like, um, and have the best time. So, you know, yeah, um, we're, we're a tight, tight cast and 
and uh, I miss doing all that stuff, but I'm sure we will do it again. I am sure. We will. I am sure, and uh, would love yeah. to have you over, over in the UK in the oh future. Oh my god, me too. I love the UK. I love going to the UK. Um, we went to uh, London Comic Con. I think was the last time I was there, and it was right. so much fun. Yeah, going over there. Um, so talking about films, um, I've got to say. I feel really bad that it's only taken me now to have watched this movie. So me and my wife sat sat down the other night and watched uh, How to Plan an Orgy in a Small Town. Oh! And I tell you what, it's the most... Ma- I, I, it's weird me describing it like this, but it's the most magical film I have ever watched. <laughs> because, know. you know, from the title, you would think, you know, what the hell? But it's such a beautiful... <laughs> it's such a beautiful film. It really is... <laughs> Um, I know it's the cutest, and it was an Indiegogo project, um, and mm-hmm. I heard that no one got paid for it. No, no, um, we got incredible actors for that movie because the script was so good, and it just sort of spread through the grapevine. Ennis Esmer was the one that reached out to me, and he said, "There's this great script. Jeremy Lalonde wrote it, and he wrote this other movie that you should see. So watch that, read the script, and then call me. And let me know if you want to do it." And I read it and went, this is great. It's so touching and heartfelt and funny. And if we can get the right people, this would be perfect. So I was on board. And then we just started reaching out to other people. And Catherine Isabel was on board and, and uh, you know, Mark O'Brien. And all these guys are so funny and so good and so committed. And um, you can tell that everyone was there because they wanted to be. And that made it so much fun. I have never laughed that hard on a set in my life. I've never blown that many takes in my life. Um, We were just laughing hysterically every day. It was total joy. And I'm so glad you loved the movie because I think it turned out so great. Do do, 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 do you know what? More people should see it because for me, I I, I, I spat my tea out at the scene (laughs) where the guy is on the sofa. And he he sat there with such confidence. uh, And... and, I just couldn't take it anymore, and I, I spat my tea out, and my wife was laughing her head off. And um, yeah, just, just because he was so confident on set, like he was just like he just didn't didn't care. <laughs> and everyone was like, I want all the guys were like, I want to be him when I grow up. Like, he's so amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, I, yeah, I've 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 suggested it to uh, my brother-in-law to watch as well today. Funnily enough, uh, but not to my mother-in-law because that would be just a bit no, weird I, saying to my Sandy. mother-in-law. You know, but uh, what a what a beautiful film it really is. Um, So I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but please go out and watch it in the UK. It's available on Amazon Prime right now. So there's no excuse for the uh, UK listeners for the US listeners. I'm not sure um, where they can get it from in the US um, or in Canada. I mean, do you know where? Definitely. because It it was produced in canada so it's definitely around and available to watch if you give it a google i'm sure it'll pop up <laughs> what it's a great, great movie and then before lockdown you was working and yeah. you're working on a new project called family law yeah which sounds like a great um series to come uh, do you want to explain a bit about it and what it's about yeah um well it's about this woman named abby abby's a lawyer she's a really good lawyer but she's also an alcoholic and has managed to screw up her life, screw up her marriage. She has two young kids uh, with her husband, and she's committed this terribly embarrassing faux pas in court while drinking um, and is uh, 
being threatened with being disbarred. And her dad, played by Victor Garber, uh, is a very high-profile lawyer at a, a family law firm. And he is the only lawyer in town that will take her on. And the issue is he and Abby haven't spoken for 20 years. And um, he also has two kids from two other previous marriages that work for him as well at the law firm. So not only does Abby have to swallow her pride and join this law firm she thinks she's above in every way, um, but also learn to work with her brother and sister that she's never met. Um, it's a hilarious show. Uh, it's also really sweet. I think it's so beautifully written. Susan Nielsen is the showrunner and she uh, writes novels. So the way she writes is gorgeous anyway. So to have a novelist writing scripts for you is pretty spectacular. Um, and it's just, it came along as a bit of a dream role. I really was wanting something that would keep me at home, something that was worth, uh, leaving my son for every day. No. Um, and, um, when it came along, I just, that was one of those auditions where I went, Oh no, I want this so bad. <laughs> if this goes to someone else, I'm going to lose it. Um, and luckily they chose me. So yeah, yeah, it's been really, really fun. I can't wait to get back at it. It sounds awesome. And Victor Garber uh, is an awesome actor. For some reason, every time I see Victor on screen, I just think he should be in like a Victorian sort of period drama. He just looks the part. <laughs> yes. Victor, Victor's like that in real life. He is, is he really? Yes. Yes, he is. He he also has a, a very sarcastic sense of humor, very dry, which I love so much. Um, and he makes me laugh uh, all the time. Um, so, yeah, he said, what did he say? My Victor Garber story. He had the he, when when he first started the show, he, he would come in and do, you know, one scene at the beginning of the day. And and I'm there till the end of the day. So I was like, well, you know, my joke was, well, thanks for stopping in, Victor. Um, and I said, what are you going to do with the rest of your day? And he said in a very Victor Garber way, well, the artwork in my hotel room is lacking. And uh, luckily, <laughs> I, I know a friend who owns a gallery and they're going to lend me some art pieces um, to hang in my hotel room to make it more livable. <laughs> I was like, that's like, OK. <laughs> just made me laugh like he's just looks like classy debonair you know gentleman he's great he's so, great so when is that coming out for us to all see january i think um i uh obviously things were halted rather quickly over here but um we have about two and a half months left of shooting so we'll wrap in october and um yeah and get it get it cut and edited and ready to air in january so it's pretty exciting. Excellent. And is that a limited series or is there potential for that to carry on? It'll carry on, hopefully. Yeah. Season one ends in a cliffhanger. So oh, we'll oh, see. Oh, oh, an exclusive there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Jewel, thank you so much for coming on to the show. You're so welcome. Are you all ready for your virtual Comic Con tomorrow? I think so. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be interesting because I'm so used to having a live audience. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think people are excited about it. So hopefully, hopefully everybody enjoys it. I think it'll be fun. Excellent. Well, please put in a yeah. good, good word to Sean for me. I'd love to get him oh, on the show. Don't uh, you worry about it. Excellent. Well, Jewel, you look after yourself. Keep your family safe Thanks. and all the best for the future. And I'm really looking forward to family law. Thank you so much.
you've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share it with your super friends. My world, let me talk.